Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Find and Follow podcast, where we help you find and follow Jesus in your everyday life. I'm Scott, your host, joined by Craig, the co-host, and co-host slash guest, co-founder, the original OG, Ben Sharkey, is on the podcast. Yeah, I'm so glad to be back. Welcome back to Theology Thursday. (laughs) That is how it started. (laughs) You know what that is. You've been around for a long time. You've been an original uh, podcast family. If you are a Theology Thursday watcher, even on the live, live, like I wonder if there's anybody, because uh, we all started this together. We're on Thursdays. Yep. People would during I don't know this pandemic. You remember that thing? I do. Yeah. <laughs> it is still fresh in the brain. Yes. Thursdays at noon, we said, "Hey, we figured out this live stream technology." Oh man, it'd be so fun to live stream on a Thursday when everybody's at work and school. And yeah, and at home, but they weren't. So they yeah. weren't, and so <laughs> people would live in chime. You were always so keen on. Hey, let's make sure we engage with people. <laughs> They're commenting on YouTube or uh-huh. Facebook, and like, like three people doing it. Yeah, yeah I love that about you. And you're you always were, about you were one of the three. <laughs> no, no, no. You're always about helping people like relationally connect and look oh, like yeah. looking out for people. And so, I, I'd honestly say I learned that from you guys because I, well, I feel like I learned it from you. I get a compliment, but um, I did, I did. I don't think I cared as much about that, but um, yeah. So Ben's on today. You're you're kind of a guest, but we'll just we'll go back and forth here like we know each other. Okay. Uh, we do know each other. <laughs> um, but just wanted to have you back on. Life's been different in the last two years for you guys. Yeah, it has. Um, one thing that's not different though is you're still at the lake, right? We are still at the lake. Have you got in the lake yet? Because it has been so freezing, so cold. Um, no. We have kind of a we live at Newman Lake, and so we have kind of an algae problem lately. It sucks. Don't even want to get into the politics of it. Okay, because we don't need you complaining about living at the lake on the podcast. <laughs> I think we would lose part of our podcast family. They're like, "Gosh, here's this yeah, guy sorry, again." Sorry. So no, the kids jumped in yesterday. They've been asking to jump in, jump in, and we're like, "It's so cold. Put your foot in. You're gonna die." But um, Bodie, who is almost six, jumped in yesterday. I missed it. I was at work, but he. Um, he jumped in, and then Lexi was brave enough, and she's going to be 10. And did, did they die? But they did not die. They okay. were in when I got home, and they were soaking wet in the tube. And were they, I haven't even turned my water in the yard on yet. I haven't either. Me neither. No need. Well, like, I'm, I'm doing it this weekend. Yeah, it's going to get hot. hot so. Right. We're like growing mushrooms still, naturally. <laughs> so they hung out in the lake? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Good, yeah. good for them. They were in the lake in their swimsuits, and then we have a friend, my daughter. It's, um, it's Hoop Fest in Spokane this weekend. And uh, we have a friend across the lake that she's playing with. And so they're going to have a swim party after Hoop Fest on Saturday. Are you playing? So I'm not playing. I'm vicariously, is that the right word? Playing through Lexi this year. You excited about that, that she's doing Hoop Fest? uh, We practiced and kind of. I I really think we're going to suck. But But you're going to have fun. I'm hopeful, yes. The first time for her? Yes. Okay. Yes. And she's not a great basketball player, but she <laughs> likes to be and do and be with friends and go out. So yeah, she's playing with uh, a friend of hers, Gianna. You guys know Gianna. So and then a couple of her other friends. So nice. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. It's, it's gonna be, be it's gonna be uh, good weekend weather. Hopefully, way better than it has been. Oh my gosh! Shouldn't have a thunderstorm. It's been nuts. So cool. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I was in a lake on Saturday. Amy and I did a triathlon oh, in cool. um, Medical Lake. And we got in full wetsuits. They said the lake temp was like low 60s still. And it felt like low 60s. And it was a weird, we've never done this. It's a weird start time. It's a 1 p.m. triathlon start time. Weird. Right? Usually it's like 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. 8 is a late start. One, they do it during the weekend's Founders Day out there. So they have a parade Saturday morning. So they oh. do the parade first. And they got booths. And they block off streets. And it's a whole thing. So then... The town has opened up more for triathlon in the afternoon. Gotcha. But we get in, swam. Uh, you could do two things to start. This is this is a, like a low-key medical lake triathlon. You could get in a utility trailer, and they drive you around to the swim start, literally in the back of a truck, and a utility trailer with like no sides. But you just <laughs> like your utility trailer was one of them. I'm not joking. <laughs> so you could ride with your like wetsuit on and no shoes and just ready to go. Or the swim is so short, it, the warm-up that you need for the swim is the swim. Is the swim. So you could get in and just swim across the lake. It's less than 400 yards. You swam. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> one, of the, one of the guys who, the guy who won it, and uh, I talked to him, I was like, Roger, what do you, 
Do you normally? I've never done this. Do you, he's like, oh yeah, I swim across. I've never. Yeah, that sounds. Never way, rode the cart. Didn't across. didn't want to like load up like cattle. So anyways, we get in the water. It was cold. Like you jump in and took your breath away type with a full wetsuit. We swam over and you're just warming up, so it's calm and cool and collected. And and it was good. Felt fine. Got used to it. We stood over on the shore for like ten minutes, while waiting for everybody. Then they, you know, gun goes off. So you got. You got the whole, whatever, six, it was only 60 of us, I think, in the triathlon. 60 oh. of us all mass start. You got the, you know, go out strong, be in the front. You got, you know, people swimming next to you. And then the cold, about halfway across, like two or three minutes in, I got a little panicky. And I, I rarely, rarely get panicky. Like, I love getting in the mix of, it was too cold. Oh. On top of the energy of the nerves, yeah. I had to, like, come up and, like, gather my breath. So makes me a little mm. nervous. I texted a buddy who's Kenny, who's been on the podcast. I texted him because he's doing Ironman Coeur d'Alene this Sunday. I was Ooh, like, is he? Is he? I was like, that's gonna be. Yeah, I was like, have it's you? It's half, right? It's, yeah, it's the half. Yeah. I was like, have you been in the water? He goes, nope. He hasn't swam a stroke. I was like, well, maybe you should start swimming. So it's gonna be chilly. Yeah. But anyways, good for you guys getting in the lake. Yeah. It, the, I haven't yet. The lake It'll season is way too short around here. Way so too short. Now yeah, it's, it's shorter. Maybe we'll have uh, you know good september here my lake story is we've had a boat for angie's parents gave it to us we've had it for years and it's never worked we had it in two years ago and it kind of worked and so we got it brought to the shop motor and you're talking about the motor kind of work the boat actually floats because yeah. if a boat, boat kind of works these guys are boat pros apparently so anyways long that means story, it sometimes sinks. it's been in the shop in a field for two years and it's just been a headache the guy won't change it blah 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 so anyways, I finally go, dude, I'm just coming to get my boat. Go get my boat, pull it, put it on Craigslist, sell it. So best day of your life as a boat owner is when you buy it and you sell it. And I'd say the better day is when we sold it. When you sold it. Wow. <laughs> Depends on what you sell it for. Yeah, because there, no, there was no motor, so it was just a boat. And so yeah. yeah, I was happy with getting that off my hands. <laughs> some some guy, some mechanic probably bought it. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. For sure. It, anyways, that's another It is a sad day, time. but exciting day to sell a boat. Yeah, it's yeah. not a sad day at all. <laughs> At all. Well, yeah. If it's just sitting in a field and you can't use it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of it. Be done. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, this isn't anything to do with finding and following. But yeah, it is. It's just everyday life, man. Yeah, it's it how is. it intersects. So let's talk about the last couple of years and just what that, what's that been like for you? You guys decided let's plant a church yeah. and then uh, this COVID thing hit and you said, well, we're still moving forward. Yeah. Like, what was that like? Um Maybe it's related to like buying and selling a boat. It's like super exciting to start, you know? It's like really unknown. Yeah. You're ready. Then you never feel ready. Like talk yeah. to us about two years ago about this point. You're like, we're we're launching. Should we launch? It's like COVID's still a thing. Can you gather? All that kind of stuff. You yeah. remember remember that two years ago? I, yeah. Very vividly. <laughs> yeah. So we had conversations in this room probably, um, with with Craig and, and Scott and even Kyle. And but this time, two years ago, I don't remember if it was official decision, but right around this time, it was like, okay, right, COVID had just happened, and we had met online in Easter, and it was just kind of like we were still on kind of lockdown, and we were going to plant in Easter, but it, so four months ago, two years ago, two years and four months ago. Um, anyways, so it was kind of, it was scary, to be honest. It wasn't like a a great adventure at the very beginning for me because we were in security here. We'd been here seven years and planted and it was family and we loved it. You know, I had a job and then finally Craig basically said, look, you gotta, you gotta either do this or don't do this. Ba basically make a decision. I, I, I literally picture mother bird throwing her babies out of the nest, <laughs> like very lovingly. You're going to fly. I'm sure before the ground. Yes. Woo, shove. Like you have the wings. You are capable. You are fed properly. Get out of the stupid net yeah. nest and do something with your life. And so. just to be clear, uh, by that time, you were a year and a half into your planning. Yes. And you had started in well before that moment. And you had people on board. You had commitments. You had been gathering some finances since the first of that year. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah you, you had a lot of ducks lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's called doing it the right way. You get stuff rolling versus yeah. like, okay, we're gonna just instantly start something. But there's still and yeah, talk to us about the faith part, like yeah. in things unseen. If you're as you're stepping into it, you're like, are there gonna be people that kind of come and Absolutely. how's this gonna work? Right, and that's I think for any situation anybody takes on a new job, a new relationship, 
having a baby, you know, lead pastors here at Mission, Kyle and Lindsay, just having a baby. Like, there's a point of, okay, God, you said it. I'm going to believe it. It sure doesn't feel like it. And so when practically my paycheck was going to stop, I'm like, okay, God, what's going to happen? And so literally had to step out and put money to the mouth or feet to the fire and trust God and, um, you know, put some ducks in a row. Okay, if this doesn't come through, my kids need to eat. So this is a backup plan. Um, but God always exceeded expectations. And so, like, there's many situations in my life that I can say, like, God showed up, God showed up, God showed up. And this is just the latest in, here's a new journey. And you may have that with a job or anything. And here's a new journey. You know God's with you. You've had confirmation. This is it. You know, you're going to sell the house. You're going to propose. You're going to, I don't know what the situation is. You're going to get clean and sober. Whatever that is. Okay, God, this is scary, but I'm going to step out on the boat and I'm going to trust you, and he showed up for us, and, uh, you know, at the beginning, it was just like, am I going to have to get another job, and people showed up, even in the middle of COVID, like, can people show up, you know, and then it was be like, we had another restriction, and we had another restriction, and another pushback. And you actually met outside, didn't you? You had a building, that's another whole story, but you had a building, but you were meeting outside because of COVID under a tent in September that year. Yeah, and then... And then, so we're meeting outside as best we can, just cooperating, doing what we can with people. And then... Especially when you got a new group forming and just yeah. everybody coming together. It's different for like an established group of people. Like, okay, this is how we're going to operate. Yeah. You're like, you're trying to form something on top of all of the craziness that's in our society and COVID and then people's reaction to that. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. People, you know, polar opposites of, of both sides and wanting to draw everybody in and wanting to... We, we're in Otis Orchards, which is right on the cusp of Liberty Lake, which is a very different demographic than Otis Orchards people. And we're literally across the river. You can ride a bike, and it's five minutes from it. So just in a crazy, interesting culture, um, and then people obviously in a very polarizing environment at that time in our, in our society, even in our city. And so uh, questioning, is this actually going to happen? Okay, God, show up. <laughs> and, and also like Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo, but even if you don't, I'm still going to trust you. Even if it's that hard, I'm still going to trust you. And so we step out. God shows up. And then our very launch day, so Sunday morning, we're launching. Oh, we're getting excited. We're getting excited. Wake up Sunday morning, and you text me. It was like it was smoke Mageddon. It was on the number scale, like 100, if I remember right. Oh, I remember is that. dangerous. Like it was 200. Yeah. yeah. It, it was like it was, don't churches, go outside. Churches shut down. Oh, it's smoke. Just stay home. We'll go right. online because everybody was all ready to go online. Right. And it was like we were just getting back into it. So that Sunday, literally, we have pictures of it. It's brown outside. The right. air is just. And people remember two years ago, listen, like we had a month of it, felt yeah. like, where yeah, it, was it was up to bad. like 300. Yeah. You know, yeah. air quality it was, index. It was do not go outside. And you're like, yes, come this outside. This is our lunch. This is come our to day. Church. No, we're not canceling. We're rolling. So there was like, we, I just. I have high hopes, and so we had high hopes of a packed house, can't even fit in the building, just like everybody's so excited because we've heard stories of people who planted, and it's just like your first one's always a big deal, and then your second one is so not. Well, for us, it was like, you know, the building sat at that time maybe 70, and I think there was 30 people there. So it was like, even at the beginning, it was like, oh, man, okay, God, maybe you're not in this. So, so Ben... Um, you're being honest and real about how it felt and a uh, little bit of a roller coaster ride and all that, but you made the choice to do what you're doing because down deep in your heart, you believed, A, that the Lord wanted you to plant a church, this church in particular, Northbridge, and B, you felt like the timing was right. I mean, despite all the feelings, right? I mean, down inside, it's like, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. This is the right time to do it. Am I right? Yeah. We knew that we knew that it was right and... And every confirmation from the building that God gave us and the people that God sent us and the confirmation of leaders in our life saying this is right and the support. So there was way more greens, if you're looking at lights, than reds. And I think that's important in my life to realize there's a whole lot of reds here and a few greens. And I should probably proceed with caution. 
and, um, you know, in a whatever situation you're facing. But for me and us, really, it was there's a lot of red greens. And you look back, they clearly outweigh the reds. But the reds sure suck right now. <laughs> but and sometimes but even, the reds are really, like, loud. Absolutely. Those moments or those times, and you're like, yeah, there's seven greens, but I got this one red that is really loud, so it makes us want to be hesitant and not be sure. Even when there are more reds than greens in a decision that somebody's making, if it's the Lord, you still proceed. You might proceed with a little more caution. I guess what I'm getting at is we don't determine God's will on a, on a balance sheet of pros and cons, and if the pros are more than the cons, yeah. then it's God's will. Um, I mean, we can all tell stories, the three of us, of times when we proceeded with something we knew to be God's will, and there were far more cons than pros, but it was still something that we needed to do. And also just everyday life is there's going to be following Jesus isn't like smooth sailing, no conflict, smooth sailing, no difficulties, smooth sailing, no challenges and smooth sailing. No, I got to grow in my faith and smooth sailing. Oh, I'm actually working with people and helping them like follow Jesus and they they're they're growing. So it's going to be full of challenges and difficulties and growth times. And that is part of following Jesus in their everyday life. Absolutely. So when did you guys, when did you feel like week one is a little deflating on a Sunday? Like, gosh, gosh, what's happening? Like, when did you feel like, oh, no, this is a cool, like, God's in this. This is happening. Like, do you remember some moments in those either right, you know, as you got started or pre, pre-starting or right after where you go, oh, no, we're, we're doing okay. God's in this. Yeah. This, is a, this is a good thing. Do yeah. You, do you have I, some moments? I genuinely remember because when we first started, I was working by myself and I'd come to this our, our building is old. It's better now. We've made a lot of improvements, but it's old. And so, like, I come into this building by myself. It was getting cold. So it's September, October. So I'm in this cold building and, like, church plant, so I want to keep it cold. I don't want to pay for it. So I bought a little space heater and, like, I don't want to turn the big heat on and just counting pennies at that point, being careful. And so it was hard at the beginning. I'm like, I'm used to coming to this place where we had, like, nine people who were really close and we do stuff as a team. And so now I'm. Like, like during the week, I'm like alone. Like I have my family for sure, but I'm still going to the office by myself and I'm doing everything. I'm doing the tech, I'm doing the message, I'm doing the music and the stage looks so lame and the projector's really bad and like, so all that. So I remember specifically one day, I'm not really sure when it was, but it's one of those days where just, you know, like so much to be thankful for, but sometimes the negative speaks louder. And so I don't know stuff was breaking and it wasn't working right. And it was just one of those hard days. And so I literally walked, and I can remember where I was. I walked out of the outside of the building. I said, I think in my head, I didn't say it out loud, but clear as day said it. I think I'm gonna call Craig and just, I, I don't think I wanna do this anymore. Like they still are looking for a worship guy. <laughs> that, that's a story I haven't heard. Yeah. Please do tell back. more. Yeah. So genuinely thought, ah, oh, man, this sucks. I'm just gonna call Craig. They need a worship guy. You know, and it wasn't like, oh my gosh, we're exploding and there's so many people here. And like, there was good, but then in that day, in that moment, the negative kind of outweighed it. And so I thought, man, I just, and I don't even think it was necessarily Craig. It was just going to call the guys because I, I think, I don't think this is, are we really doing anything? Are, are like, eh, we've had a few people come and blah, 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 and whatever. And it's maybe a, two months in probably. And it's like, ah, this sucks. And so, and I don't know if it was an hour later or a few minutes later, I got a phone call from my, one of our team members and was just like how thankful they were for Northbridge. And this is so great. We're so excited. And everything is so good. Like this has been a really powerful thing in our family or in our life. And it was one of those calls that it's just like, you know, thank you so much. We're so excited for what, what God is doing here. And I'm just like, oh, all right. Okay, I won't. I won't make the call. <laughs> you know, I'll keep going so, for today. Yeah, Isn't and so it was just kind of like God saying, "You feel like that, but you got to push through some real stuff, and you're gonna have to work hard at the new job, and it's gonna be really hard. The relationship you have to be patient with that spouse, and your kid's gonna poop their diaper, and um, you know, everything new is not always you know, peaches and roses, if that's even." good for some people i don't even know if people like peaches these yeah days. i love how god sends us friends you know it's yeah. the holy spirit in them for sure. where for sure they just felt like oh i should should reach out and let ben know encouraging yeah 
like yeah. and sometimes we're more in tune with like oh maybe he's really struggling with like should we do this or not or maybe just kind of oblivious and go god says reach out and it's yeah. it's the holy spirit in us prompting us to encourage and we don't understand the the ripple effect that that has in people's lives and the timing of it sometimes like it is cool when that's the everyday life following jesus where god just uses you to impact someone else in such a way that is profound that you're sitting here two you know two years later almost and going that was a moment mm-hmm. and they probably don't even remember nope it. and they go i did what I, yeah you remember you called and it was significant and i just like cried out to god and like nope i had no idea yeah 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 some of the most encouraging moments in my life over the decades have been those times when i was like you just kind of feeling like ah, i want to throw the towel in i want to do something else with my life i don't i'm not enjoying this and then the Lord would send along somebody. I'd get an email, a phone call. You know, those key points of encouragement. It's like, okay, that's why I'm doing this. And it's just so energizing and so uh, motivating. It's like, oh. And then you just feel like rolling up your sleeves and going after it again. And that's how I got through 44 years of being a lead pastor is a, a lot of it on the strength of that kind of encouragement. And the other thing, of course, is just down deep inside I know this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So you just keep forging ahead for better or for worse. So, yeah. Which encourages me or helps me. Okay, I need to, when can I be that voice for somebody mm-hmm. in everyday life, right? In a, if I'm proud of a dad or, or if God puts somebody on my heart, text them, call them, and just say, you're doing a great job. Like, those are really insignificant in a lot of things to me, or easy, not insignificant, easy but can be incredibly significant, life-changing in a moment. Because I've had those many times in the last two years. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, as the recipient of those. Correct. And that's the thing where God leads us, prompts us, and then he also just instructs us to like encourage one another. Yeah. We don't even <laughs> yes. have to wait for the feelings. Uh-uh. Like Again, to the point of like, sometimes you got to do it when you don't feel it. Yeah. But it's still true. Um, yeah. Like, you know, this, just following Jesus. I, I did that on Sunday, just... Tried to go through a few people in my my old Rolodex in the phone and just text what them is out. What's a like, Rolodex? Hey, Happy Father's Day, and you're a good dad. And just yep. use my voice to encourage people. Does, on does anybody even have a Rolodex anymore? I don't know. Shout out to the Rolodex crew. Uh, Probably, must be I some bet some people do. It's like a landline. I mean, who has a landline anymore? <laughs> yep. I, got, I picked up my landline and I you called the person here, right? in my Rolodex. You, you still have a landline here? Absolutely, yeah. They well, no, I'm talking about home. Hanging around. You know. Yeah. You should, though. You should know at least one phone number or two in your, uh, <laughs> like, heard a story recently. They didn't, they lost their phone. Um, it was a friend's babysitter, and they, she left it on the back of the car at the park while she's watching uh-huh. the kids. That's not good. Drove off. <laughs> so she didn't have her phone. They get home. They're like, well, let's go look. Went back completely just like the bus ran over, just smashed, just to a million pieces. And they're like, call your, you know, call your mom or call your boyfriend, then come get you. She's like, I have no idea. I have no, I have no numbers in my head. You have no numbers? No numbers. You don't know how to call your mom or like your boy? Zero. A guy on our team was on a Sunday morning, forgot his phone. And he's like, can you call my wife? I'm like, I don't have your wife's phone number. I'm like, yeah, what's the number? He goes, I don't know. Don't know your wife? I said, you don't know your wife's phone number, you bro? you got to have at least he one. Goes, I don't have a clue. I'm like, dude, I know my wife's phone number. Yeah, like, you got to have one in there. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So just to be clear, so Northbridge got off to um, uh, a challenging start, circumstantially. Well, a good start. It's just, it was a it was challenging a good, time. Oh, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah, challenge. That's right? what that's I mean. Fair. Yeah. Pandemic, the smoke, the smaller attendance, et cetera. Yeah. But in case our listeners are getting the wrong idea... Um, Talk to us about how it's going now, because as you know, I've told you this many times over the last couple of years, you're doing great. As church plants go, you're in the upper echelon of, of success in the first couple of years. I mean, very few church plants that I know about. I mean, there, there's always that church plant that's you know doing better than you are, and there's <laughs> Those other ones. Craig's playing the comparison great. I, well, I know. I, well, I, I, we all think that way, right? Yeah. Um, try not to. But anyway, my point is you're doing really well. Yeah. Uh, God's using Northbridge changed a lot of people's lives, and a lot of great stuff's happening. I mean, I've, I've been there on Sundays and Thursdays and during the week, and I, I've yeah. personally witnessed what God's doing. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so. You want to say something? 
No, I was just going to say, yeah, you got stuff on that in light of like how you've grown or maybe some cool stories of impact uh, over the last couple of years. Yeah, I wrote some stuff down because Scott can uh, send a pre-question thing. Wow. And way so to I, go. Way I, to prep. Uh, I wrote some stuff down. Um, Kyle would be anyway. proud. Kyle preps all the time for Does his he podcast. Really? Yeah, he's always on the ready. So that's great. I, uh, are you joking? It's kind of a thing we have going back and forth. He. Anyways, he we won't get he it. Preps, but he doesn't. No, he does prep. He thinks I don't think he preps, and he's anyways. Okay. He's a great guy. That's love him on the podcast. I know. I love. It. I love it. So yes, it's been a great two years, all in all, and we've seen some, um, some good growth. We've seen some people, some great stories. I have a few specifically I want to tell or just mention, but um, yeah, we're doing really, really good. Craig is on our team actually. Officially, he, he's consulting for us and helping us with the back end stuff and making sure we actually like have board meetings and like have a policy for this and, and, and pay taxes and all of this <laughs> stuff and a budget. Yeah, we finally, after two years, are on a budget now. Woohoo! Thanks to Craig. So, um, Just people in their sweet spots. Yeah, absolutely. So, Craig's been helping us get a lot of that in order. Um, and so, really thankful for that. But, um, it's so he knows he definitely knows the intimate details of finances and people and numbers and stuff. And so yes, we've seen some growth. We've seen some some people jump on board and come to know Jesus who um, are likewise would have never stepped foot in a church. So there's a family who found us online, and they have a son. Um, his name is Austin, and uh, we have a really strong recovery ministry. And it's a like a like a hard recovery, like drugs and alcohol. People who are you know on the verge of um, death sometimes because of an OD or lost their job and home and family and or a recovery house or need a recovery house. So that's one of our, we have a strong ministry with that. And that's kind of his people, Austin. So his parents have been at a couple different churches and um, his mom actually, and she's never, he's never plugged in. He's just never found a home. And so he's in, because of that, just never really connected with God. He's not anti-God. He's just never really connected with a community of people. So she comes here. He comes on a Sunday and connects with a couple of our recovery guys. And, um, like, God just gets a hold of him. Is he, a, you say he's kind of like those people, like he likes helping people find recovery, or he's in need no, of recovery? No, he is, has not been clean and sober, has not has had struggles with um, substance abuse in a couple different areas, and he lost um, a couple relationships and a job, and recently some other things took place where his life kind of fell apart. And so he, so again, that's his history. He's never really connected with a community of believers, um, and in in that, never connected with Jesus personally either. Uh, I wouldn't say he's not been a believer or a Christian, but he's just had struggles. So anyways... Mom's always had a church, but he's never felt at home in, in, in places with that. So mom finds us with her group of people, and um, Austin comes the first week and because he's on fresh, life's just falling apart, and comes in and finds two recovery guys that are 11 and I think one, so 11 or 12 years clean sober, and then actually I think one year clean and sober, but just all in, fantastic guys, connects with them, finds a place, and he's like, this is it. And so comes and helps out at our food bank a month ago and uh, or three weeks ago. Anyways, comes and helps and gets his – so every, every month we do a coin night, which everybody gets to celebrate. I've been clean and sober for a month, six months, a year, three months. So we, they have different milestones. So he comes and gets his month coin – and um, at the food bank that day, he's like, I'm really excited to get my coin. It's my first time I've ever been clean and sober in my life for 30 days or more. And um, so he gets, he's going to get his coin, and he tells me that day, he says, I'm going to stick it. He opens up his wallet. He says, I'm going to stick it right here. So next time I go to use my money for anything other than what it should be, I'm going to see the coin. And so that's one story of a few, and I'll see him today just – of him saying, that's it, I'm going to, and, and, and give his life to Jesus full, wholeheartedly and say, I'm, I'm here. Because he found other people who've been through a similar situation and can say, look, it's possible. 
you can get clean and sober. I'm a year clean and sober. And this guy said, I'm 12 years clean and sober. I've been there. I've struggled. I've worked through it. Like, you're in the right place. And him to find a home. Ben, that's a, a great story of, of what God's doing in Austin's life and the transformation. And I'm sure that's encouraging to you and, and the leaders of recovery at your church and all. Um, it also, I think, illustrates a connection that between two things that are really inseparable. They're two sides of the same coin. Our connection with God and connection with people, they're tied. I mean, when I'm in community, you know, when, when people are in community with other believers, their relationship with God is better. And, and their relationship, if, when their relationship with God is good, then their relationship with people is better. And, and you can't separate those two things. And, and I think a lot of people in Western culture anymore uh, have taken a little bit of the Lone Ranger approach. You know, I watch this on TV or watch that on TV, but I don't really, you know, hang out with Christians much. Yeah, that's not a good, that's not a good strategy for a great relationship with God because a great re- relationship with God is inseparable from a great relationship with people. Yeah. So if you're one of those Lone Rangers out there, find a place to connect. Find a group of people. Uh, keep searching until it, it works for you, but you, yeah. you need that. need to be together with others. Yeah, and just so foundational for, like you're saying, for this guy and for all of us to have a personal connection with Jesus. Yeah. You know, some <clears throat> sometimes even even people that on the outside look like they got it going on and are involved with church life. It's like we can get really distracted by the things of God and the activity of God, but like miss God on yeah. the inside. Like that's part of why we're doing the At the Table series this summer is just trying to help people really personally connect with God on that's a daily good. basis and not yeah. miss and just get busy and you're like, well, I went to church and I did some things. I got my kids to camp and we did stuff. And then, I don't know, I just was never like felt connected to God. Yeah. Like, how, how would you not feel connected to God? And you're like, you missed Jesus. He wants to transform you on the inside out. And he's in every moment. He's in camping. He's in, he's in sports. He's, he's in, in hoop. Man. He'll in be at Hoop Fest. He'll be at Hoop Fest. When there's a street brawl ready to break <laughs> out, like, Holy Spirit, we need you. When I'm fighting with the other dad of the other team, no, 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 no. it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. You're going to yeah, keep I it cool. I've warned, so it is not. <laughs> what else did you write down in your notes for today? <laughs> I'd love to dive more into well, that, but let's move along. Yeah. Well, I think that's important to understand the importance of, of small moments and not, not just think it's about the bigger moment. And so one of the telling moments for me was our first Easter. So we had our second Easter, this most current Easter. That makes sense. I don't remember the so year. 21. In 21, 21 last Easter year. 21. Um, so my neighbor is a, is a good friend. My, you know, two, two doors down, my neighbor at where I live. And uh, my house, because sometimes your neighbor is, like Scott's my neighbor. Gotcha. Yeah, anyways, Metaphorical. Your literal neighbor. neighbor. Um, Anyways, we've just been close with them. They have a daughter our same age, same age as Lexi, and so we've always stayed close with them since they moved in like five years ago, four years ago. And um, so they knew we were planting a church and starting a church, and they've never really been involved, but they said, oh, we'll come, we'll come. But he's, um, he's a real deep thinker, and if you talk to him, you've got to set aside three hours because he's very – but he's very, you know, you know communicative and, and talking, and he's great, great dude. But – he kind of overthought Jesus for, for a long time. Um, and so he's like, yeah, I kind of believe in it, but then kind of whatever. And his family is all like, they would say either atheist or agnostic. And so they don't believe and, you know, what's the use of it? And so he's over-rationalized a lot of stuff. And so he just thought whatever. But his wife wanted to come and his daughter wanted to come because of Lexi. And so he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll come. And he's got no problem with it or anything like that. So he, That's, And that was at the beginning. Yeah. The very beginning. Yeah. I love that, too. I'm, I know I'm hijacking your story That's for good. a second. But I love how God uses the new beginnings of things and the the scary starts and yeah. the step out in faith and there's smoke and will people show up. Like, God's always really gracious about, um, I think, just those new opportunities because it creates new opportunities for people to jump in. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Hey, you're starting, you're my neighbor, and you're starting something new. We'll yeah. come for you. We'll mm-hmm. come support you. We'll be personally, like you're saying, personally connected. It's not separate from uh, what God's doing in the world, it's through us. And yeah. so, if you're starting a small group, or if you're starting like, hey, I'm going to read this, do you want to jump in? And then create this, That's good. this entry point for people to go, sure, I'll be on the go- ground floor of that. Yeah. Uh, but then there's more to the story. There's powerful with that in the book. Like a book is a small way, just with a friend. Hey, I'm going through this, and I found this book that's going to help me go through this. You want to go through it with me? Yeah. And then always reading a book is always better with two people I've found lately. 
um, is with two people better than just by yourself. Because then you take it the way you want to take it, but then you take somebody else's opinion on it. So that's a great example. Anyway, so he comes, he's involved, and it's just, you know, I, it's so great. He's so genuine. I'm literally, well, before, on the five-minute countdown, I'll go and sit down. Hey, how you doing? I have a good conversation with him and every other word's an F word on the front row. And then five minutes in the conversation, he's like, oh, wait, I probably shouldn't talk like this. I'm like, <laughs> not a big deal, bro. Totally good. And so he's just real, authentic, and isn't putting on a show. He doesn't know anything about um, the, the, the church attire or person we should be because I grew up in church. So I, I, I know how to put on the show. He doesn't know how to put on the show. So it's great. Anyways, he comes and comes and comes and you can tell he's really thinking and, and um, you can tell God's kind of getting a hold of the family and they would say things to us like, his, the wife would say to my wife, um, I can't even sing during worship because I just, I start to cry. I just can't, like, they can't, they can't verbalize what that is, the Holy Spirit working on them and necessarily and our daughter just loves it and come and playing and so, but they're getting there and they, they have an experience with church, but it's mostly negative in their, in their history. Anyways, comes on, it comes on, he goes on Easter 2021. Um, I was bummed because I thought it would be packed house on all of them and it, they, they weren't. We did, we thought we need to have three services because we have such a small building. So we had three services and they were all kind of sparse. It was great. God did great things. Mm -hmm. So, but it just felt like, Okay, I could let the enemy get me down on this and be f angry or frustrated with it. And, and Let's shoot for the moon. And if we get halfway there, it's still better. I've said that before. Yeah, so anyways. Well, if you only get halfway to the moon, aren't you lost in space? Anyways. <laughs> anyways. This guy, Go. He, him, and, him and this guy would get along really, really Oh, well, yeah. Anyway, so on Easter, do the message. I'm like, it's, you know, great. It's a very gospel-centered message and just, you know, come to Jesus thing on Easter. And give the message, and then I'm like going to give people that an opportunity to say, if you want to live a life dedicated to Jesus or you want to do it, do it now. So close your eyes, and he's at one of the gatherings. And so give the call, and he looks up at me, and he like raises his hand and says, like, it was almost like he was telling me, I'm ready, finally ready. I, I buy in. This is great. You know? Sign me up. And so raises his hand, and I think that was the only one that raised her hand that year. And I was like, to me, you asked about a leadership lessons. To me, it was the, the power of, of one or the importance of one. Because um, so many times I get lost on um, numbers and bigness. I'm a big dreamer. And it's like about the masses or the whole group even is your small group. It's about well, not all 20 showed up and not everybody done their homework or not everybody read the chapter or for me as a leader and a doer, um, I'm more of a doer than a thinker. And so it just becomes about the big. And I think in that Easter, our very first Easter, God told me that everybody has a story and the one is why you're here mm -hmm. is for the life change. And so it becomes about that marriage, that parent kid relationship, that person coming out of recovery not about we've had 60 people come or we've had 100 people come or it literally has been in that moment God showed me it's about the one. Like that guy's life was changed forever. He yep. used to spend Jesus eternity with Jesus now. Like job well done. Like, there you go. Take a nap because we, we, we did well, Jesus. Who cares? You know, Ben, um, I'm, as you're talking, I'm agreeing with you 100%. And I'm thinking about that scripture. I can't remember where it is offhand, but... Uh, Jesus says all of heaven, the angels in heaven, they rejoice over even one sinner that yeah. repents. Yeah. So what was happening Easter 2021 in heaven with regard to Northbridge? They were throwing a party yeah. for that one guy. Yeah. And, and nowhere in scripture does it say, yeah, when you get 100 people and reach that threshold, all of heaven rejoices. <laughs> yeah. Or you exceed your budget by 50,000 some year, all of heaven rejoices. I mean, those things are important. I, I get that. Yeah. But... Heaven rejoices over the one yeah, or, or many individuals coming to, to Christ. That's what's really important. Yeah. Yeah. So You're learning. That was encouraging. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Life, life changing. Yeah. And personal. So, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You're getting emotional today because it's personal. Yeah. Yeah. You're connected and to it. Just conversations I've had over the last two years with him, just driving by, you know, and him just talking about Jesus in a different way than he did 
before we planted, you know, because he wasn't in a community, and now he's in a community. And he had a conversation. His parents came home, and they came. And, you know, they aren't believers yet. We're believing God they are going to be. But they live in, I don't know, somewhere in the middle of the country. But just that, wow, I've never really experienced that before. Their perception of God in church is just completely different. And so, you know, if they would have felt the same thing if they'd have come to mission, and it's just, but just the, the point of him is going to make an impact on the people he And he is uh, like a vice president of a, of a small machine shop. Um, but we've had people in our recovery ministry who needed jobs, and he's been able to give them jobs. And because they take chances on, on people as part of their company. And so he's been able to give multiple people jobs and, and, you know, hey, you want to start somewhere? Right here. Come on. This is a great training ground. And, and people have left there in, like, we learned skills. So now they've moved on to another job mm-hmm. and gone to school to be a welder or whatever. So it's been a great to see him, like, impacting people for, um, for Jesus in, in, in his own way out of, I don't know, just a experience with his community and people and so all all within the last year or so yeah that's awesome yeah it's been a great year and he doesn't he fishes a lot but it's like he's just the most real and genuine person and that's kind of what i think is draws people to yeah us right now and i think when you said that i wanted to hijack your story again but i i I was better of (laughs) me as as the uh as the host to let the guests talk i'm working on that part um but I think that's so, I'm glad you circled back around. I think as believers, too, the longer we follow Jesus, and depending on our culture and who we are as a person, we can, we can get really caught up in what our faith looks like versus what it actually is. And it is refreshing, I think, for a lot of us to go, well, this person is just being themselves versus yeah. trying to be someone else, what it looks like to everyone else versus what it actually is. And it's one of those tensions, I think, that is grows as you follow Jesus longer if you're not really mindful of it. We get a little too concerned about what other people are thinking about us, how we're living our life, um, you know, how we're raising our kids, how our kids act around church people, and you know, all that kind of stuff can really grow. For like, you know what? God looks on the inside. What is my faith actually? What is it? Not just what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And so, if we can, we can dive into following Jesus closely and intimately. That for me, that voice of what does it look like? What does Ben think of me? What does my dad think of me? And how's it that? that really diminishes as I just get closer to Jesus and like, yeah. I'm good with God and I'm doing some things. He sees everything that's going on. Yeah. You know, I'm my generosity in certain ways. I don't need to impress other people. Like I'm just going to impress God yeah. and live that way. Yeah. And so it, it is refreshing, especially when people are new to Christ. Like I'm just going to be me. Can I just be me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should yeah. be you. And that's the important thing. Cause we have so many highs and, and, and lows. Just be you, just be real, just be honest, just be open because the fake you doesn't help anybody. And if you're dishonest and disingenuous with people, but most importantly with God, especially with our flaws and our failures and our mistakes, like that's one thing I've learned I think a lot that like it's okay to mess up. It's okay to, and I've always known that, but it's okay to be not just, I'm trying to see if I wrote that right, but it, it, it's okay to, to, to be a wreck. Like we're all a process in working. And just because our recovery ministry, people have different struggles than I have, doesn't make anybody worse, better, like we're all on the same playing field. You know, Austin struggled with substance abuse most of his life, but I've struggled with, you know, being disciplined in my eating most of my life. Like, that doesn't make me any different than him. And so I'm learning that we're all in a recovery process in our life. We're all in some kind of transformation process in our Mm -hmm. life that looks different, but it's all the same. And our biggest, one of our biggest well, our mission statement is helping people know Jesus' love, and it's about helping people know God loves them through everything. And one of our guys who came early on, came and got baptized, and uh, he was on, he, he, he is, and he's been on, on fire. He came, he got tricked into coming because he wasn't, he, he got tricked into <laughs> is coming. Is this a good sure. trick? Should we reproduce this kind yeah, of trick? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we had the recovery. He, um, he was... He had kind of had a, a, a long relapse and in his substance abuse. And so he, um, he has a friend at work who was plugged in and got plugged in at our recovery ministry. And um, she said, why don't you come to recovery with me? Well, he had just realized, okay, I need to get clean and sober. But never Jesus. Didn't have anything to do with Jesus. 
came. She goes, why don't you come to recovery ministry with me? He goes, well, I didn't know it was a church. And so, uh, so he comes, thought he was just going to regular old AA. Yep, or whatever. I don't even yeah. know. But yeah, um, comes on a Thursday nights, on a Thursday night. And I think it took him too, but it was like, okay, there's something more to this. And so gets saved, gets radically on fire, feels like it, and um, gets baptized, and it's just all in. Is there every every gathering. Um, this was early on. And then he gets a new job. And, uh, well, a new position at the same job. And he's uh, a field tech instead of in an office. And so he is really busy working a lot of hours. And so, you know, he can't come. And it's not that that's a big deal. It's not about attendance, but he starts to lose community. And then he... And that's the big deal. Back to what we've been talking about. Like following Jesus takes people. Yep. Thursday nights, reading a book together, Learn about who Jesus is as yeah. from your neighbor. It's yeah. it's we tried to separate it more than it should uh -huh. be. It's, and you don't have to be with people to stay in community or be with them all the time. Life gets busy, work gets crazy. You have seasons where you're working more than you probably should, or you're going with your kids. Like my kids are getting in sports, and I'm like, holy crap, this is gonna suck. <laughs> it makes you busy. Like yeah, and so there's seasons where that. So it's not about attendance or whatever, but he started to kind of pull away and I could feel it. And so I was texting him and we were in communication um, and he's like, yeah, it's good or whatever. So lost communication as much. And then I don't know what happened, but he just fell off the planet. And then I, I do know what happened, but fell off the planet. And then I had a conversation with him. The enemy starts to lie to him and say, you know, you're not worth anything. Like, you're this old, and you should be here, playing the comparison game. Mm -hmm. And, like, nobody accepts you. Nobody loves you. You're the only one that struggles with this. Whispers of that. And so then all of that alludes to trying to find satisfaction in an addiction. And it may not be a substance abuse for anybody, but it may be an approval addiction or a Facebook addiction or whatever, you start to go look for it in another person other than your spouse maybe. And so you veer off and Joel is the greatest guy in the world, but he um, relapsed because he's trying to find satisfaction. And then in the middle of it, the enemy lies to you and says, you're worthless even more. Like, Look at what you're doing, look at what you you're know, doing. the shame and the guilt and all that. And, and so you're a horrible person, stay away. Yeah, don't show up and be transparent because people won't accept you. And yep, it's all the, of that. The so isolation. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna accept you. Nobody's gonna love you. And so just ignore it. Shut your phone off. Whatever. And so by the grace of God, in those moments, it took a couple weeks, but he still reached out. And um, I think three weeks ago, decided to come on a Thursday night. And just say it's okay. Mm. And to realize God still loves me. And the amount of embrace and love and support and acceptance is like, now Joel knows in the hard times that it's up and down. It's okay. Like the coin, and I think sometimes we elevate for the, for the recovery people, we elevate, oh, this guy's 11 years clean and sober. Well, that doesn't talk about before he was 11, he had a six-month stand, a three-month stand, a one-month stand, stand, right? And so, and again, we're all in a recovery process. Like in our, you know, we make food more important. We make social media more important. We make work more important than our family. We aren't showing up for the games or we're not present. And so just because someone has a coin on a spout, on a, uh, you know, for substance abuse or something, you, we've all got coins that we lose all the time like in our commitment to whatever it is. And the point is, you come back, you accept the love and forgiveness, and it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And so right. him coming back and understanding and realizing, he, he said to me, he came back, and it was a very emotional night, but we just hugged and loved, and many people did. And it's like, who cares? Like, we've all messed up. You know, we don't want anybody to be ashamed, and that's part of the devil plays tricks on shame. And... You're not, you're the only one. <laughs> you're the only one that's gone through this. And he's like, he said to me, he said, like, I should know that if anybody understands, it's these people. Right. You know, and it's not me, because I don't understand, but everybody else in that culture does. 
And so for him to just know there's a place that everybody understands that this is a journey and a battle for me and it's okay. I have ups and downs. God still loves me. He's not more in love with me when I'm 11 years clean and sober than he is when I'm zero, like in the middle of getting high. And um, so for, for him, it was great to see this high and low life like played out maybe on a dramatic-er level and be like, God's still in the midst of it. And so even in our little mistakes, God's still there, but we don't run to him. I heard somebody say like, churches shouldn't be and are not a museum for perfect people. They're a hospital for hurting and broken people. And that's what we've seen, and we've got a long ways to go, long ways to go. But we want to be a hospital, and um, it's been fun to see some people's lives change, yeah. mine, mine included, like crazy. And I think of uh, when Jesus was asked about, like, what, what's the kingdom of God like? And he tells, in Luke 15, it's recorded, he tells the stories of the value of one person. Yeah. And he goes, you know, everyone's important. Like in the story of the, the lost sheep, right, it's, there's a hundred. I think we can miss, like, you know, it's every single one's important, and there's just one that's lost, like the 99 are Absolutely. in. So everyone counts. Everyone's important. Yeah. But let's put some energy and effort towards the one that's lost. Let's yeah. keep texting them. Let's, keep, let's show up at a door and know that, like, the enemy's lying to them, yeah. that they should hide and they should not show up because of the shame of what they're doing. And you want, Like, let's be there and be present. And then the rejoicing of the people when the lost son returns. He had everything experienced all the goodness, and then decided to live his own life and back into with the pigs and the slum and the you know destruction of life. And he's like, this is, this is not it. Come this is senses. not. Yeah, and then the reception of that. And God's always at work in all of our hearts to like loves us so much, accepts us, and wants us to continue to grow and change. But there's so much grace and forgiveness along this uh, bumpy up and down path of following Jesus. It's not this perfection of linear like, I am perfect, and I'm never <laughs> repeating mistakes right. again, it's and just true. always going. It's it's up and down and zigzagging and all around, and uh, yeah, following Jesus is valuing each other and more about the direction we're headed and our hearts towards God, but then the perfection of the the outside that yeah. we see in everyday life. So that's good. Well, try to land the plane here because uh, I mean we could keep going on we and could, on but that's okay this but is good. it's been so good to have you back sharing with the podcast I know our podcast family is going to appreciate hearing your voice and stories and yeah. what's happening and thanks for um, you and everybody else but thank you for being courageous and jumping out and starting Northbridge yeah. and creating another space and another community all large part of the family of God but another little uh, section where people can call home and identify and people can find and follow Jesus and uh, people can use their gifts and talents to help others. And so thanks for doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for believing in us enough to send us and, and, and support us and keep good, great relationship in the midtime. So. Yeah, yeah. We, we still hang out. Once, not enough. Not Text enough. back and forth. Never, but, but yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, it was great to have you. Thanks, Dad, for being on here. Absolutely. Hope you're listening in. Have a great week following Jesus.